patience with split second acceleration. In a capsule of time to witness your bone evaporation. Watch last paragraphs to emphasize my emphasis. Abbreviate lyricists, the lyrical shorthandness. I kidnap planets for atmospherical advantage. My lyrical damage derives from mental mechanics. With the mic in hand, I'm immortal to you, man. My diaphragm allows me to kill a whole clan. Verse for verse, you'll get your verse reversed. Battle rhymes since fair and midair and change course. I've been held captive for scientific attractions. Nuclear rays made my brain radioactive. Knock the world off its axis. Redesign the atlas. Reconstruct the globe with chainsaw geographics. Rhythmical mathematics calculated you to average. More L's than 90 degree angles on graphics. Cut, cut, cut. Yeah, I had to make that intro a little bit shorter than usual, y'all. This is King Known Uncensored. I'm back delivering the hottest shit in the streets as usual. Um, And them streets be talking, boy, while we keep walking, you dig? Yo, man. Before we get into anything, you know. Before we get into anything, right? Drake and Kanye, y'all two got to kiss and make up, man. This little back and forth shit, it's cute. But nigga, when y'all going to get in the booth and actually rap? Or get your ghost writers to do it for you. I forgot. So, um, Sci High going to be battling um Party Next Door. Or Sci High going to be battling um Quentin Miller. It's consequence <laughs> gonna be battling Abel. <laughs> Is that where we going? Is Rhyme Fest gonna be uh But yeah, man. Um Wow. This shit here is ridiculous. Like, Kanye allegedly posted Drake's address on social media. Now I get it. But y'all just better off just going on record and getting your ghostwriters together. Or get your Birdman and Turk on and kiss and make up. I understand the pettiness and uh, anticipation and all that. They could be, you know, doing this for an act so that they can set up a date to actually compete and see whose numbers is bigger. But yeah, please just put that goddamn albums out. I really honestly think that both of their projects suck. <laughs> I go a lot. And they're afraid to put their albums out. Like if they wasn't afraid, they would have put that shit out confidently on both ends. Like what else do you got to fix? <laughs> I got a feeling that Kendrick Lamar probably going to drop before both of these dickheads. Let's see. It was something else I wanted to talk about. I'm trying to remember what the fuck it was before we move on to the main segment, which is I got the off-season grades for all 30 NBA teams. It was something else, y'all. Kobe Bryant. It was his birthday on the 23rd. He would have turned 43 years old. Man. I haven't necessarily gotten over the death of Kobe Bryant. It was such a blind side. And um, I watched the special that he had the other day. And like when it showed the crash and all that shit, it just brought me right back to that day. And I just started crying. 
because I was just like, damn, I ain't gonna never get over that one. You know, there's deaths that I'll never give over. Celebrity deaths, you know. You don't get over family member deaths. You really don't. Especially if you had a bond with those family members, you don't get over those deaths at all. But celebrity deaths, Aaliyah and Kobe, them them two was the ones right there that fucking blindsided, you know, and they tragically passed the same way. Like Kobe was at that point in his life where he was getting his image back clean because obviously it showed the ups and downs of Kobe's career, you know, and I had remembered when, you know, that situation happened where he caught the case and how the media was trashing him and how they were so fast to just move on to the next person instead of like supporting Kobe. I mean, dude said he was not guilty and he wasn't the first athlete to commit adultery with uh, on his wife. Shit, you look at Michael Jordan, this dude, we know he had bitches. And he was still like, he's still highly regarded as the greatest of all time. Like, that Colorado situation cost him a lot of MVPs. This was what, 04? This is the prime of Kobe's career? I mean, I can understand 04, I mean, 04, 05 season, he didn't make playoffs. I get that. But losing to Dirk and Steve Nash, come on, dog. Y'all got y'all can't be serious. Nash don't really deserve either MVP. Dirk didn't deserve that one MVP. Those were Kobe's. I think Kobe missed out on three to five most valuable player awards. And then even like 2008, 2009, 2010 to be left off. I mean, 2008, I think he won the MVP, but 09 and 010, especially 09, I think that was really between Kobe and Wade and not LeBron. But Kobe showed you who the most valuable player was in 2009 and 2010 as he won back-to-back championships. But, yeah, shout out to Kobe, though, man. Shout out to his family, Gianna, and the other victims of the plane crash as well. You know, you can't forget them. They made an impact on on their families. So, anyway, let's move on to the off-season grades. We're going to do this in alphabetical order. All right. Atlanta. I gave them an A. Why does Atlanta get an A? Well, they drafted Jalen Johnson while he was still on the board. I felt like Jalen Johnson was a mid-first rounder. And they drafted Sharif Cooper in the second round. I'm surprised he failed that far. I thought Sharif Cooper was a late first rounder at best. I mean, he's a true point guard. Not necessarily the best three-point shooter. But he has all of the skills that a point guard should really have of running an offense and doing this, that, and the third. Then also, they signed Gorgie Jang, who is a solid inside-outside pick-and-pop guy. DeLon Wright, who I think was pretty much the icing on the cake for Atlanta's 12-man rotation because I think they should really run 12. They got the guys and the personnel to do so. And honestly, I think Atlanta could be a championship contender now. Not saying that they're going to win a championship. I'm saying that they were in the conference finals last year as they were. Now, I understand that Brooklyn is a powerhouse. I understand that Milwaukee are the defending champs. I understand that Boston got better and Charlotte and Washington and you know team in Chicago are good. 
But Atlanta has one of the best rotations in the league. And, and I wish I had enough time to just go down the line, but I think I got enough time to squeeze that part of the segment in there. I mean, you got Trey. You got Ice Trey. You got Hunter. You got um, Reddish. You got John Collins, who they re-signed to the, to, to the max deal that he wanted. Clint Capella, Onyeka Okungwu, um, Bogdan Bogdanovich. You got um, Danilo Gallinari. You got Sharif Cooper, Jalen Johnson, as mentioned. Um, and, of course, you know, Jang, Wright, Lou Will. Like, that's a sick-ass rotation from top to bottom. There's really no weak links on this team. None. And even if somebody gets hurt, next man up. All right. Boston Celtics get a C plus. Why? Because um, they didn't draft anybody for one. However, they did make some splashes in free agency. They cut bait with uh, Kimball Walker, and they traded him for Al Horford. Then they signed Josh Richardson from Dallas, who's been pretty much a journeyman his whole career, but good 3 and D guy, you know, can hit the three sometimes. Chris Dunn, good pickup. Dennis Schroeder, good pickup for the low. Then they got Ennis Cantor back to replace Tristan Thompson. So Boston pretty much can, you know, be an underdog because they still got Tatum and Brown. And then the fact that um, Brown and Tatum are both, you know, are going to get 25 to 30 shots each. And then, you know, Horford could be a threat from three. Richardson could be a threat from three. Dunn's three comes and goes. Schroeder is not a catch-and-shoot guy. He's definitely a six-man. And Ennis Cantor is one of the better rebounders in this league. Despite them not drafting anybody, I think they still had a decent offseason. So, C+. Brooklyn Nets, B-. Um, they drafted Dayron Sharp and Cam Thomas. Then they added DeAndre Bembry, Patty Mills, and Javon Carter. So this is, I mean, it's a, a guard-heavy team. It's like 90 guards on this team. But I think that Brooklyn finally has a decent 9-10 man rotation now. And um, I kind of like the direction Brooklyn's going in. I mean, especially if Dayron Sharp can crack the lineup with Nick Claxton and DeAndre Jordan. Like, I think Brooklyn is definitely going to be a, a championship contender. Now you got scoring like Cam Thomas and Patty Mills coming off the bench. Charlotte Hornets, I give them an A. Charlotte already has a big core. I mean, they re-signed Terry Rozier. You still got um, LaMelo. Still got Hayward, PJ, PJ Bank Account Washington. Still got Mace Plumley. Then you drafted James Booknight. You drafted Kai Jones. You, you drafted Scotty Lewis. And you got JT Thor in the draft, which was a steal. Then hopefully they signed Jello. Um, that team all around. 
can also possibly be a playoff contending team. Then you can't forget those twins over there. You know what I'm saying? This is a really good team. Then they added Kelly Oubre, Ish Smith, Brad Wanamaker, and Wes Lewandu. This team is going to be a team to watch. This is another. That's another intriguing rotation. It's, it's good to see that the league is finally looking like it can have some parity. Chicago Bulls. I give them an A. They drafted AO. Solid pickup. I heard a lot of good things about AO. But it's what they added for me that put them over the top. You know, you sign Lonzo Ball to a long-term deal. And he's been that point guard that they needed. Lonzo has become a 3 and D point guard. Who can be very explosive at times. And isn't afraid to give up the ball and distribute. Then they added DeMar DeRozan. I don't know what stage of, I don't know how much DeRozan has left in the camp. I had to let that play out. But anyway, man, DeRozan, you know, last season, let's look up DeRozan's last season stats. Damn. Last year it says, are you sure this is it? Yeah, he averaged 22 points per game, four rebounds and seven assists. And you're adding him to a Bulls team with Zach Levine, who averages 28, Nikola Vucevic, who is a walking 23 and 13, then Lonzo Ball, who could give you 14, 8 and 8. Chicago definitely a playoff contender definitely could be a top five team in the east Cleveland Cavaliers I give them a C I only give them a C because I'm being very generous because they drafted Evan Mobley which is a sure shot in this league although they gave Jared Allen the bag I believe that Cleveland's going to start Mobley at the four sort of like you know his game is similar to to Chris Bosh, and he's a little bit underweight for the center position. So playing that four, I think he can uh, get away with a lot of shit. And then they added Ricky Rubio, which is uh, all right, I guess. So Sexton going to move to two and Garland going to come off the bench. How are they going to make that work? Other than that, man, for Cleveland. Dallas Mavericks. I give them a D minus. They didn't draft anybody. I mean, I understand that they had three uh, first round picks last year that they drafted that are still developing. Although they did add Moses Brown, who was solid. Sterling Brown, who's okay. Reggie Bullock, that can, you know, be the catch and shoot three point shooting guy for Dallas. Uh, the jury's still out on whether I think ja- Dallas is even going to make the playoffs next year. The, the West is going to be that stacked up. Denver Nuggets. Uh, I give them a C plus. They did draft Bones Highland. That dude's going to provide instant offense off the bench. They also signed Jeff Green. Big pickup for Denver, y'all. Big, giant pickup for them. He's going to help that team. Then Bones Highland's definitely going to provide that scoring off the bench because he can shoot from Dame range. He's definitely a Dame range kind of guy. Um, Jeff Green was very valuable to the Brooklyn Nets rotation uh, last year. 
that sucks for Brooklyn to lose a guy like him who's 6'8", that can play pick and pop, post up, and defend perimeter and interior. It's a lot of talent in that old-ass man in Jeff Green. Detroit Pistons, Detroit basketballs in this bitch. I give Detroit a B plus. I mean, drafting Kate Cunningham, Luca Garza, and Isaiah Livers, that's a very great job by Troy Weaver and company. Although we didn't make any big moves in the free agency market, we did add Kelly Olenek, who is a junkyard dog, a dirty player, a pick-and-pop threat, Decent in the post, okay with interior defense, but we our wins came in the draft. Kate looks great. Luca looks great. He could he could start. Golden State, I give them a B plus. I know a lot of uh, Golden State haters are gonna say they didn't do shit in free agency. They did a little bit in free agency, but their B-plus comes in from the draft. And they drafted Jonathan Kaminga, which was the biggest steal of the draft. This man fell to number seven. I don't know how a player, 19 years old, who already has a year of pro experience in the G League, falls so far down. When he was turning it out in that G League with Jalen Green. Kaminga was top four, top five talent. And Golden State's going to get maximized talent. He is going to make Andrew Wiggins expendable. And then they drafted Moda Moody, Moda Uzi, Loda Uzi, little, little Moody Burt. Moody Moody, Moody Moody, Moody Moody rocking everywhere. Moses Moody, that dude can play. He's got a shot. He can finish well at the rim. He can be explosive. He's fast as fuck. And he's going to come off the bench for Golden State. He's going to give Steph Curry a lot of breathing time. When, you know, Steph don't have to play 38, 37 minutes anymore. And then they added Belitsica, who is a good pick-and-pop guy. Definitely fits that Golden State offense. Then they added a blast from the pass back in Andre Iguodala. You can tell that Golden State really misses him because of his perimeter defense, his shooting that comes and goes, and his sneaky athleticism at his old age. And then they also added Otto Porter, who had been in and out of the lineup with injuries and such. But I think that if Porter's healthy... He can provide some punch off the bench along with Kaminga and Moody. I mean, that bench is going to be serious with Moody, Poole, Kaminga, Iggy, and Porter. That shit going to be wild. And Wiseman, too. You can't forget Wiseman's coming back next season. So Golden State's definitely going to be a sure bet for the playoffs. You know, barring injury. Now, the Houston Rockets... I give them an A-, and it's definitely because of the draft. I mean, you drafted Jalen Green, who was probably arguably the best player in this draft class. Then you got Usman Garuba, who is like Paul Millsap, but faster. He's got post-game. He hustles really hard on the court. He's very athletic, and he can finish well at the rim. You don't get no better than that to have a man like that in your rotation to already go with John Wall. Then you drafted Josh Christopher. Yo, tell me why I was playing 2K last night. This dude was busting my ass, bro. Josh Christopher was smoking packs of my team. He definitely reminds me of J.R. Smith. He does, game-wise. And then... Alperin Sengun, man, that dude will will probably start alongside Christian Wood next year. You gotta think about it. Wall, Green, Christopher, Wood, and Sengun would be a great starting five in this league. 
Now, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be very fun, a very fun team to watch. They also added DJ Augustine, Daniel Tice from Boston, and Dante Exum. So, Houston's rotation is looking promising for the future. I think in about three, four years, they can make the playoffs. And it could be quicker than that, depending on how Jalen Green develops. Indiana Pacers, I give them a C plus. I mean, drafting Chris Duarte, who is a bucket, and I mean a bucket. Then Isaiah Jackson, who makes Miles Turner expendable. And then him and Gogo Batase can roam around that paint. I think Indiana is a very interesting team. I can see them coming back to the play-in game. Although they didn't, you know, here's the thing, though. This is why they're a C+. They didn't add anything. Los Angeles Clippers. I give them a B-. Only because they re-signed Kawhi Leonard. But they did add, you know, they did draft, um, you know, they traded to get him, but they drafted Keon Johnson, who I view as, uh, that that was a big steal for the Los Angeles Clippers. He could be there possibly, you know, they could possibly start him eventually, you know, because I believe that it's going to be Bledsoe because Patrick Beverly's gone, you know what I'm saying? But then again, I think Reggie, I think Reggie probably going to start at point. Now that I think about it, it's probably going to be Reggie, Kennard, PG, playing his natural position, which is the three. Then um, Ibaka and Zubak. Or Morris and Zubak. They also added uh, Eric Bledsoe. That was a good pickup to bring Bledsoe back to the Los Angeles Clippers. It's a good pickup. Then you added Justice Winslow, who's been in and out of the lineup the last three, four seasons with a bedly of injuries. So these are decent signings, but they aren't like the shit. Los Angeles Lakers, I give them an A. I mean, look at this team. This is a stacked-ass team. There's no way that this team shouldn't win a title next year, especially if healthy. If they lose, they definitely fail. You added Carmelo Anthony, Kendrick Nunn. They didn't need to draft anybody. They traded Sharif Cooper to the Nets. So you added Carmelo Anthony, Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, Russell Westbrook, Kent Bazemore, and Dwight Howard. That is a whole rotation. You feel me? Like they traded their whole rotation to Washington for Westbrook and then went and got another five-man rotation that was better than the core that they gave up. Memphis Grizzlies, I give them a C plus. They drafted Zaire Williams. Which is pretty damn good because this kid can defend four positions. Maybe five. Because of his long arms. He could shoot a little bit. Still need to work on that, making that shot more consistently. He's athletic. And it could be a nightmare in the open court. And Memphis has a very good rotation right now. They did add... Rajon Rondo, Steven Adams, and Daniel Oturo. And that's another big look into that rotation with Ja, Dylan, Kyle, Jaron, Steven Adams, Zaire, Rondo, Oturo, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, Brandon Clark. Like that team is definitely going places. I think they're going to make the playoffs as well. All right. Miami Heat. I give them a B plus. They drafted Yurtsevin. Man, Yurtsevin looks like he's going to crack that rotation. I mean, with losing Precious Achua, 
Yurtsevin's definitely gonna get Achua's minutes. And his pick and pop, his pick and roll, his defense, his skill set on the offensive end, very impressive. They added Kyle Lowry. They re-signed Victor Oladipo for a year. They added Markeith Morris from the Lakers. Then they added P.J. Tucker as well. So Miami, and then also they gave Jimmy Butler a massive extension. So from the outside looking in, that lineup is looking like Lowry, Oladipo, uh, Butler, Tucker, and Bam at a buyout. So that's a really good starting five. I expect them to at least get to the second round of the playoffs. The Milwaukee Bucks, I give them a C plus. They didn't draft anybody, but they did add some key pieces to that rotation. Some pieces that I didn't even know they even added. Milwaukee has had the quietest offseason signings I've ever seen. Because I look at that roster right now. They added Grayson Allen from Memphis, George Hill, Rodney Hood, Justin Jackson, Simi Olaje, and Roderick, Roderick Karooks. That helps fill the void of a loss of a P.J. Tucker and adds to a rotation that was kind of man. You know what I'm saying? So you got Milwaukee looking great from the bench standpoint. So you're going to have Holiday, DeFenzo, Middleton, Giannis, Lopez, then you add Allen, Hill, Hood, Jackson, Olaje, Karooks, Bobby Portis. You know, you now Milwaukee can go 9, 10 deep. When last year they were only going 7 deep. And I forgot Pat Connington too. They only went to Connington and Portis off the bench. Minnesota, I give them an F. They didn't draft anybody, but they added Torian Prince. As you can see, I'm probably throwing two thumbs up. Yeah, Minnesota just needs to cut bait with Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell and move towards building around Anthony Edwards. I don't see Carl Anthony Towns staying. I mean, I'm pretty sure that that dude wants to win. New Orleans Pelicans. I give them a B plus. They drafted Trey Murphy the third, and Trey is what exactly he does. He shoots those threes. He's a three and D cat. He's six nine. He's got long wingspan. He can defend three positions. But here's the kicker. This is why they got a B plus. They added Jonas Valley and Shunis. That was a big pickup because Jonas Valley and Shunis provided quality minutes for the Memphis Grizzlies last year and he was a walking double-double throughout the playoffs then they added um Gabriel Gabe oh Wenyan Gabriel who's the energy guy and up there with JT Thorth and I maker and Bobo as one of the darkest niggas in the league Devontae Graham. That's a good replacement for Lonzo Ball. That's a good pickup for them. He's going to provide a lot of offense for New Orleans. And he's a knockdown shooter. He's a catch and shoot guy. And he can shoot off the dribble. Big pickup for them. Tomas Sadoransky. He's a solid cat. He's a tall 6'5 point guard. Garrett Temple, who's a journeyman, but good 3 and D figure. And then... Another reason why they're a B plus, they fired Jeff Van Funk. I mean, uh, Stan Van Funky for uh, Willie Green, and I think that Willie Green is going to adopt a culture in New Orleans that's going to help them get on the path of winning. The New York Knicks, I give them a C. They drafted Quentin Grimes. They still have their rotation in New York. Um, they did add Kemba Walker. 
and uh, Dwayne Bacon to already go with Derrick Rose, Obi Toppin, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, um, Taj Gibson, Mitchell Robinson. And I think New York's going to come back to the playoffs, but I don't think they'd be that high of a seed. Oklahoma City Thunder, I give them a B-. minus. They drafted Josh Giddy a little bit early. As you can see already, Giddy is hurt. Giddy up. I think that they could have used the Trey Mann pick to draft Josh Giddy. There was so much talent still up there. Like, they could have got Jonathan Kaminga, and they passed him up for Giddy. I get that Giddy is talented. I'm not knocking his talent, but he had mid-first-round talent. He wasn't a first a top-10 pick. And Trey Mann, you know what I'm saying, I think he got hurt in the summer league as well. They did add Derek Favors' veteran leadership to that team. So, yeah, OKC's going to be very interesting to watch. You know, Josh Giddy and Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Lou Dort. And Alexei uh, Pokashevsky and Darius Baisley. So, Orlando Magic. I give them a B. They drafted Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner. And guess what? They added Mo Wagner's to the team, which means both brothers are on the Orlando Magic. And they added Robin Lopez to that team as well, so contrary to what people believe, I still think Orlando is definitely lottery-bound next year. I think they're going to have a lot of close games, but they won't be able to finish them off. Now, Jalen Suggs is going to be that deal. He's going to be in that Rookie of the Year conversation with Jalen Green, Kate Cunningham. He's going to be in that conversation. And Kaminga, too. Philadelphia 76ers, I give them a C. I feel like I'm being generous, but whatever. I mean, they drafted Charles Bassey, Aaron Henry, and their first-round pick, Jaden Springer, who is another Matisse Thibel, but except he's Matisse Thibel with a jump shot and way more athleticism. Like, Jaden Springer is going to be a hell of a pickup for them. And then they added Andre Drummond, who is really a backup in this league. You know, he's a sorry sack of shit. But I think as a backup, I think Drummond will finally find a role where he can stay in. You know, I think... Drummond did the weakest shit ever by joining his rival, but hey, if you can't beat him, join him. However, I think Drummond is a great addition to the Philadelphia 76ers team who's still trying to figure out what the fuck they're going to do with Ben Simmons as he threatens to sit out camp until he is traded. Phoenix Suns. I give the finest Suns a B minus. They didn't draft anybody, but they did re-sign Chris Paul and they picked up JaVale McGee, who's gonna help DeAndre Ayton off the bench. JaVel McGee, I think he's gonna get some clock over there with Monty Williams. And they added Landry Shamit. Great move to go with an already set in stone rotation. Portland Trailblazers, I give them an F. They didn't draft anybody to help Dame. They didn't even try to trade up in the draft to get nobody for Dame. This is all they added. They added Tony Snell, who is a decent player, Ben McElmore, who's a good shooter, and Cody Zeller, who's a decent player. But Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum have always needed a third guy who was sure. A third guy that's like on Jimmy Butler's level. Somebody like that. Shit. Yeah, they fucked Damian Lillard. F. I, I would give them a Z. If it was the lowest. Sacramento Kings. I give them a C plus. 
They didn't necessarily add anybody in free agency, but drafting Davion Mitchell was pretty much the icing on the cake. I mean, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, and Davion Mitchell, that'd be a good little rotation or whatever. You got Buddy Hill still there, but he wants out. Man, I still think Sacramento is going to be lottery bound. San Antonio, I give them a C plus. They drafted Josh Primo. I was I gave them a D plus because like I didn't hear his name in none of the draft none of the mock drafts. So you have to pardon my ignorance, but I did see the kid play and he looked good. So I had to up that grade a little bit to a C plus. As Josh Primo, he's gonna be a solid player. They did add um, Al Farouk Aminu, who's a, a, a defensive vet. Got Chandler Hutchinson, who was a decent player. Uh, Bryn Forbes came back to San Antonio after winning that ring with Milwaukee. They added Doug McBuckets. I think I don't know why McBuckets went over to San Antonio. I think that was dumb because Indiana had a nice little role for him. Him playing that stretch four. And then they added Thaddeus Young, who is uh, definitely a player that fits the Spurs mentality. Just a grind-hard veteran. But I think San Antonio probably could uh, be in that place to get the number one overall pick next year. Toronto, I give them a B plus. Here's why. They drafted Scotty Barnes, who, contrary to popular belief, you know, I was told that his shot was inconsistent. He didn't have a shot on him. But if you look at him in the summer league, he was hitting open threes. He was hitting mid-range jumpers. He was scoring out of the post. He was dunking on niggas. He was blocking shots. He was locking up on the perimeter. It looked like Toronto got a complete player. And Scotty Barnes makes um, Pascal Siakam expendable. And I believe that Toronto should really explore trading him to building pieces around this young Toronto team with uh, Van Vliet, um, Gary Trent Jr., Scotty Barnes, Siakam. Then they added Precious Achua to go along with, of course, Chris Boucher, Stanley Johnson, Pussy Ass, but Precious Achua, that dude is going to be somebody. He's going to be that. He, he's probably going to play that five position. And he's a hell of a player. And I'm surprised that, I mean, I guess with Yurtsevin, I think that Miami was able to throw away Achua after one season. That was some bullshit right there. I think Miami definitely should have kept Precious, Precious Achua. But what do I know? Utah Jazz has had one of the more underrated off-seasons on the planet. And if you look at it, they team, I think Utah, I wouldn't be surprised if Utah was was the one seed again. Because they were the one seed already last year. I mean, you drafted Jarrett Butler, who is a 3 and D cat from uh, Baylor. He was in that backcourt with Davion Mitchell. So he's a lockdown guy. Then you re-sign Mike Conley. You add Rudy Gay, who was Conley's former teammate, who is very familiar with him. You add Hassan Whiteside, who is getting another chance to, to back up one of the league's best centers and go bare. You got Eric Pascal was the guy that I'm surprised that Golden State gave up on for only a second round pick. I think they could have got a first and another player for him. Eric Pascal got that much talent. I think Utah, they're going to use Pascal like they used um, Paul Millsap. Honestly, I think he's worthy of starting alongside Gobert. Then they added Ursan Ilyasova, another veteran. Utah's winning the offseason. 
And that's going to be dangerous once they get back on the court. And that Donovan Mitchell is 100%. Now, the Washington Wizards, I give them an A- for the offseason. They drafted the best shooter in the draft in Corey Kispert. And a three-point shooter is what Washington definitely needed to take the pressure off of Westbrook and Beal. But now that Westbrook's gone and the leading scorer in Bradley Beal... So you mean to tell me that Russell Westbrook gets all this shit about being a ball hog. But Paul George has his best season with Westbrook. Bradley Beal leads the league in scoring alongside Westbrook. Kevin Durant is an MVP and a scoring champion alongside Westbrook. It doesn't. And then James Harden, like, was showing his ass alongside Westbrook that one year in Houston. It, he can't be all that bad. Now, however, he still is not going to win a championship. I truly believe that. However, with him going to the Lakers, it gives him a bigger shot. But I see, I get 2012 OKC Thunder vibes from this Lakers team. With a little bit more of a loaded personnel. But I, I just don't think that Westbrook is going to win a title. I could be wrong, though. I'm not trying to hate him, but I don't. I love Westbrook. I would love to see him win a ring. But I just don't think that his style of play translates into multiple championships. Maybe one if he's lucky. But, yeah, Washington also drafted Isaiah Todd, who was a pretty good young impressionable power forward who can play center now this is why they're a minus they added spencer dinwiddie i understand that he's coming off of a torn acl and he might not be 100 percent to start the season but if if he's healthy you have a top 10 top 15 dangerous backcourt in the league then you add KFC, a.k.a. Contavious Caldwell Joke. He is going to definitely spread the floor for uh, Bradley Beal. Then you added Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma, I'm guaranteeing this. They be hoeing Kuzma, hating on Kuzma. Kuzma did not fit Frank Vogel's offense because he ain't got no O. And then Kyle Kuzma ain't got no D either. So, Kuzma was out there just jacking up shit and not creating off the dribble. He was, you know, playing that catch-and-shoot role for the Lakers. Now, in, in Washington, I think we get, we'll finally get to see Kyle Kuzma's real game again because under Luke Walton, Kuzma played wonderful. He was averaging almost 19 points a game alongside LeBron James. So, in Washington, he should be able to average at least 16, 17 points per game. Then you add Montrez Harrell. You know, Washington, it's big men. You know, you got Bryant coming back. You got Gaffer. And then you add Montrez Harrell, who was a former sixth man of the year, to that rotation. That's fire. Then they signed, also signed uh, Justin Holiday. Uh, yet another great pickup for Washington. Washington is definitely going to be a playoff contender. Um, the thing that surprised me about the offseason the most, I mean, Chicago potentially having a big four if the chemistry is there. Because I've seen a lot of big threes, big fours. I was having a discussion about this, like, about how there were some big threes that never lived up to the hype. But however, I mean, that Lonzo, DeMar, Vucevic... 
Markkanen and Zach Levine, that team is going to be very dangerous to whoever their opponent is. Like, I'd love to see Chicago battle the Miami Heat in the first round. That'd be big. You know, and then just how, finally, how intriguing the Eastern Conference is going to be next year. Motherfuckers ain't going to be getting swept or beaten next year. It's going to be a lot of six-game series, East and West. And we already know that the West has always been stacked. With the Clippers, with the Warriors, with the potential of the Houston Rockets, the Blazers took a step down. Memphis is probably going to be a team that's going to be involved in that in the, in the playoffs. Trey Murphy and the, uh, oh yeah, I forget, not not Trey Murphy, but the New Orleans Pelicans is going to be a team to watch this up and coming season. Phoenix, can they uh, come out the West again? That'll be another big question. And then Nikola Vucevic, I know he's ready to ball and come back. So I'm going to get the fuck out of here. I'm going to take my black ass to bed. I keep yawning. Been going on way too long. This is Kingdom Uncensored. The 2021 NBA offseason grades for all 30 NBA teams. And I'm out of here.